Hello, Not Safe for Weaves fans. My name is Chris Lamb. My usual co-host is Emma Fife, and I am Biggs's five o'clock shadow. <laughs> um, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII. I know that Emma Fife has been too, obviously, and we both are very happy right now. Um, I'm happy because of Biggs. Emma Fife is happy because of everything else, Tifa or whatever. Um, so just to let everybody know, Emma Fife is taking a break for this episode, but that's okay because the real star of the podcast is moi. Uh, just kidding. For real, though, I do hope that you bear with me as I host this episode solo because we still really wanted to give you some distraction during this unprecedented time of the pandemic. And we have a really good time. And I know you will, too. OK, so let's move on to the fandom term of the day. So I realized that we never went back to talk about the term Yaoi and Yuri. I don't think we ever said Yuri, but we definitely have said Yaoi before, I think. Um, and it's basically a Japanese term to denote gay and lesbian romance sex stories, usually in manga form, uh, but it can also take place in anime form and in fan fiction, I believe. Uh, it usually implies explicit content, smut, uh, but if you are looking for something a little bit more wholesome, something that isn't so um, plot, what plot, that's a term from a previous episode, by the way, you can look up shonen I, which shonen basically means boy, and I means love. Uh, you can also look at BL, which stands for boys love. And shoujo I, shoujo means girl. And I means love again. And it means girls love. So yeah, you can find that if you want something more non-sexual or whatever. But, you know, that's not my bag. So, <laughs> um, so now it's time to introduce our guest. Uh, hi, Katie. Hi. Hi, Katie. So, um... Do you want to tell the people what you do and what you're... Sure. Yeah. Hi, I am Katie Katechuk. I am the executive director of GamerX. That's Gamer with a Y, correct? G-A-Y-M-E-R-X. Yep. Yes. And Katie, do you want to give everyone the spiel that we give everybody when we table at PAXs? <laughs> oh, sure. I think I've memorized this by now. Uh, GamerX is a 501c3 nonprofit. Our mission is to support and celebrate LGBTQIA plus people and culture in games. Yes. Uh, they offer a multitude of services. Uh, I won't get it too much into it right now, but... Uh... They do a lot of consulting work to help promote diversity, and they also have a, um, a program scholarship to help send LGBTQIA developers to GDC to network and to actually get into the gaming industry to help it make it more diverse. And I'm very yes, happy because, that I know you. Yeah, uh, so GDC itself is where a lot of folks go to not only promote their games, but also get jobs in studios. Yes. So if you want to get deep into games you go to gdc and it's uh prohibitively expensive for a lot of folks so we send them yes um thank you for all the work that you do uh and so now katie yes. can i ask what was your Chris. first smut slash fan fiction <laughs> oh god uh okay okay um ever yes you gonna ever. ask how old In i was <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's I won't. Just, I won't ask that. Uh, yeah, no. It'll. It would really. It would really uh, date me at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, it would age me. Uh, so my first smutty smutty fan fiction that I ever read uh, was X Files fan fiction. Nice. Like, Hell yeah. Love way that. back in the late nineties. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love no, that. And, oh yeah. No. And it was. Um, 
It wasn't just Mulder Scully, which I did ship Mulder and Scully because you you do. Uh, it was also Mulder and Crycheck. Nice. <laughs> Love that. Um, and have you ever written any form of fan work before? I have, but it wasn't dirty. Um, so when I was in, I want to say, like seventh grade. Yeah, I think it was seventh grade. Um, we had spelling class, and instead of doing the spelling assignment, you could write a story. So I always opted to write a story because the spelling homework was really boring. I did not care. Uh, so I wrote like a 20-part X-Files fan fiction epic. Nice. It was ridiculous. Can I ask oh, what ridiculous. site it was on? Uh, I don't know that I ever posted it. Oh, okay, I think I got just it. turned it in for class credit. Got it. Got it. Nice. Yeah, I was hoping My teacher that it would be like had to think journal. I was... Oh, no, no. My teacher had to think I was an absolute weirdo. Right. It's fine, though, because I am an absolute weirdo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not being an absolute weirdo is so boring. I nowadays. know, right? Um, so, Katie, do you want to uh, tell the people what our ship is going sure. to be today? Sure. So today we're talking about the Mass Effect series, the first three games, not Andromeda. Um, yes. And Andromeda who? Are- <laughs> and what <laughs> what drama that no no uh so we're talking about the first three mass effect games and we're going to be talking about femme shep specifically the one true shepherd yes and, I, and, I agree i agree uh-huh, uh-huh jennifer hale is queen oh jennifer hale oh she's so amazing uh so we're talking about femme shep and liara to sony yes so uh, we're just gonna go straight into talking about the history of the game first as usual so the first game, Mass Effect, came out in November twentieth, uh, two thousand seven, and it was directed by Casey Hudson, who I found out also directed Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. I believe uh, I did not know that. I I believe that's true, and um, I I loved Knights of the Old Republic. I thought it was so good. I never um, played it. I'm not a Star Wars person. Right, you're more of a Star Trek person, which I am is totally a Star fine. Trek person, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's totally fine. I believe you, Chris. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Um, uh, so Mass Effect, uh, all of the games are first-person shooters with dialogue, role-playing options that are fully voiced by uh, the main character. I know there, you know, there are some games that the protagonist, even though you have dialogue options, is basically silent, like Dragon yeah. Age. Yeah, and uh, in this game, it's one of those games where you're able to make choices that affect the world, and you have choices being open or closed uh, depending on the your past choices being a paragon or renegade. Paragon is like the good, and renegade is like bad, but it's a little bit more. It's it's a little bit more complex than that. Yeah, I I would call it like it's good versus chaotic, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But right, it's it's law it's law versus order as opposed to good versus bad. Yeah, so it, I would say that it's more, you're right, it's more law and chaos versus good and bad. Yeah, no, it's it's much more nuanced than just Yeah, like, Renegade is like, people. Renegade is like Machiavelli in a way, right? It's, it's very, yeah. like, it's justify the means. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. But also, like, with, with the Paragon choices, um, are, are certain relationship um, interactions where you could, like, hold someone's hand or, like, kiss someone, etc. Yeah, um... The, the line between Paragon and Renegade is a little, it's, it, it, it's, it gets mucked up a little bit. It's fuzzy. It's fine, though. It's like real life. Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, Mass Effect did very well and got mostly nines from what I read. Uh, and it only got like a handful of eights, 
it mostly got nines and tens. Oh, I ha- I didn't even look at that. I didn't look yeah. at their Metacritic. Okay. Um, and uh, this series and Dragon Age from Bioware are known mm. to be the company's zenith in a way. Mm. Kind of before, you know, they made Anthem, but we won't talk about that. Yeah, we, um, we're not going to talk about Anthem. <laughs> um, so It's fine. I'm sure there are people who like Anthem. Yeah, we're just not I one don't. of them. <laughs> right, we're not those people, and that's okay. We have taste. We're, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we're not here to yuck your yums, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> mostly, it's fine. Mostly. Uh, and yeah, so Bioware previously was known, and that that's mean. Like they're still known known for it. It's just that like we're a little bit unsure about where they're at right now. But we're but- we're waiting for a new. I mean, like. We're waiting for I Dragon Age 4. Yes, we're waiting for Dragon Age 4 to see if that's good. Like, I had high hopes for um, Andromeda, for Mass Effect Andromeda. Me too. Didn't deliver. I I was, I couldn't play past 10 hours. I was so sad. I. It broke it my the, heart. It was the combat system. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I couldn't stand it. I was really bad at it, whereas, like, the first three games you could stop combat. Right. And, like, the first three Dragon Age games you could do the same thing. You could stop combat. You couldn't do that in Andromeda for some reason because they were going for some sort of like fluid, dynamic combat, and I just hated it. Yeah, I I didn't like it either. But I'm um, bad at video games, and that's okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you guys don't know about Bioware, they're known for really good, immersive, good quality role playing games with good dialogue very, choices. Right. They're they're known for like very narrative heavy games. Yes. So like. If you are bad at video games, they have a setting for that where it's just like, tell me the story. Let me let me make the decisions in the story. Mostly I'm not here to get really good at a first person shooter. Yeah. And I think something that I'm really happy to have you on for for this episode specifically is to talk about how progressive Bioware's romance options have always been in comparison to other video games. Well, specifically, they've gotten a lot better. Like yes, they started pretty good, but they got better over time yeah absolutely um i i mean i personally believe that i know that these games are popular right like like mm-hmm. that's not that's not something that can be contested like these <laughs> games did very well um but i think it's very special to both you and me this company specifically we have a very oh, specific yeah. attachment to them because they specifically have found like a very loyal and appreciative community in the lgbtqia community specifically mm-hmm. um you know, I mean, not- if you want to, I mean, we're not here to talk about Dragon Age, and I know right. that we should probably get back to the Mass Effect subject. Uh, but like David Gator, who yes. is an amazing writer and wrote, um, what is it, the first three Dragon Age games? Yes. And he's been at GamerX events. He's done a lot of advocacy for um, more progressive romance options in games for a long time. And. He was on Bioware staff for ages, and that sort of influence really shows in the product they were putting out from about the mid-2000s to the mid-2010s, I would say. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I'm really glad that you mentioned that, Katie, actually, because I was going to say that, you know, uh, not to plug GamerX uh, <laughs> again, but yeah. in the many GamerXs that I've been to and that I volunteered at and that I worked at, uh, Bioware was always there, and it was always packed to the brim because everybody just really wanted to connect with these people that mm-hmm. with these developers and writers that made them feel seen. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was really beautiful. And it was, it was absolutely, absolutely a wonderful experience. Yeah. Um, and Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 obviously came out to wide acclaim as well. Uh, Mass Effect 2 
is generally known as the best one. I don't know if you agree with that, Katie. Mm, I don't. Okay. I liked Which, three. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But two two was very good. Um. So in the base game of Mass Effect 2, Liara wasn't really in it. Right. She was added. DLC. Yes. She was added in the Shadow Broker DLC. Which was very uh, good. It was very good. It oh, was an so, excellent so storyline. So good. Um, and if you wanted to like romance her through to the end, you had to replay that game. Right. With that DLC. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, if you were romancing someone else um, in your playthrough when you got that DLC, you could not go through the whole romance. Yikes. Plot yeah. with Liara. I mean, it's fine. Um, but <laughs> I... When I started that game, knowing Liara wasn't going to be in it, started romancing um, Garrus. Yeah, I was definitely sad when when uh, finding out that like oh like Liara's relegated to this and like I have to pay to right. spend more time with her because like I I liked her and I really wanted to like see her again um, right. just as a friend for me but like still, <laughs> um, yeah and uh, we also can't not talk about Mass Effect Three and the controversy about the ending. We won't go too much into it. It's been beaten over like a dead horse Ugh, over which the past I think, years. Like all of these gamer bros just whining about the ending of Mass Effect Three. Shut up. Yeah, Ugh. like I thought it was fine. Like, like I'm, I'm like, it's fine. I get it. And like, I, I, I'm glad that they at least gave us the Citadel DLC. Like, I thought that was wonderful and very delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I don't know. Uh, I have this feeling like writers are allowed to end the story however they damn well please. Yeah, that that's kind of how I. F- it's not too unsimilar to like how broy people can be about Star Wars, right? It's 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 like right. okay, it's it's like okay, well, like if you feel that strongly, then like, do you know how to write things? You probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, I thought the ending where Shepard dies is appropriate. Mm. I thought it was appropriate. Yeah, it's sad. And it and it, um, the fact that that ending exists in the game. Spoiler alert, by the way. Um, <laughs> if you haven't played this game, it's been it's in, been a decade. What, 10 like years? It's yeah. been a while. I played. I remember um, playing. Yeah, I play. I I know exactly when I played this when I finished the series. Um, so if uh, I lost my train of thought, hang on. Right. So the fact that uh, Shepard can die does get rid of the possibility for follow-ups with this specific crew after that. Right. I mean, yes, that's sad, but you don't own these characters as the player. You feel like you do, but you don't. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like the writers having that ending where, where Shepard makes this valiant sacrifice is absolutely essential to Shepard's character. Yeah. And, and you know, so. I, I also think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, like, video game development is freaking messy, right? Yes, like, it is. Like, you, you always have to make a game not knowing whether or not your publisher is going to order another one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, publisher, developer, your bosses are going to order another one. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, we could have just had one Mass Effect game. Shepard died at the end of that, too. That's if true. If you recall. Right. And then got put back together by Cerberus? Cerberus. Yes. 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 Um... So, uh, now we have that out of the way. Let's go into the story. Ooh. Um, Katie, do you want to do the honors for, for this Wikipedia excerpt? Uh, you just want me to read it? I'll read it. <laughs> yeah. This is from the, the Wikipedia entry on Mass Effect. The Milky Way Galaxy in the year 2183, where interstellar travel is possible through the use of mass transit devices called mass relays. Hence a technology. 
Yes. <laughs> Mass relays, a technology believed to be built by an extinct alien race known as the Protheans. The term mass effect is defined as a form of mass negating technology, allowing the creation of a physics phenomena like artificial gravity or FTL travel, that's faster than light travel, a conglomerate body of governments known as the Citadel Council controls a large percentage of the galaxy and is responsible for maintaining law and order among the races of the galactic community. Races that belong to the Citadel include humans, Asari, Salarians, and Turians. Other alien races seen in the game including the reptilian Krogan, the environmentally suited Quarians, and a hostile race of networked artificial intelligence called the Geth Hostile is I don't I don't agree with that but okay. Um, humanity is represented by the Systems Alliance, an organized body that joined the galactic community in 2157. Nice, yeah. Yes. So, I I think basically what I would add to that is just that um, I think that isn't how the story goes. The lore goes is like because of the the discovery of Mass Effect of these mass relays, it kind of really accelerated the exchange of cultures, right? The, the, right. the coming together of these different races and planets and cultures. The way the mythos is, is that the Asari found the Citadel. Right. And the Citadel is this big space station that has thousands of people living on it. I forget how many people are supposed to live on the Citadel, but it's, it's a huge city that can, um, sort of expand outwards. It has like these arms that, go out sort of like a flower yeah. and it can expand outwards towards the nearest star and collect solar energy or it can close those arms and become like like a little bullet shaped kind of thing yeah for protection um so the asari found that and that's also part of that abandoned technology that the protheans left behind Right, um, but, and it's not until Mass Effect 3 that we discover what the citadel is actually meant for Right, exactly. Uh, um but yeah, uh and uh, so you play Commander Shepard and they don't have, you kind of get to pick their backstory technically. A right? little bit. I um, mean... A little bit. Um, like the main, the main characterization is that they're a talented soldier and that they're sent to a planet to recover an artifact from the Protheans. Mm -hmm. um, and do you have any other notes about like characterization besides like the fact that they're a soldier or do you feel like it's pretty like... Oh. There are there are three. I remember when you're when you're setting up the character. There are three backgrounds you can choose. One of yeah. them is came from Earth. One of them is a spacer, uh, where your parents were in the whatever the space military is, whatever they call that. Uh, and one of them is like you were, I want to say an orphan, and you pulled yourself up by your own bootstraps. Right. Yeah. 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 So those backgrounds don't really have that much to do with like your ability to make choices or whatever. Like, um, mm -hmm. commander Shepard is really meant to be you. Like, um, I remember seeing notes about how like, you know, both of the voice actors for the male and female Shepard there, they try to be like decently neutral in the way that they act usually. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, yeah. So, I think one of the important things to note about the Protheans is that, like, in the beginning of Mass Effect, nobody knows how they became extinct. Right. Um, no, in the beginning of Mass Effect, it's like, these aliens existed, and we don't know what happened to them, but they are no longer here. Right. 
Um, we just know that they were very smart. It was extremely sophisticated just from, you know, research mm-hmm. of past architecture and just how elaborate everything was. Mm-hmm. And Liara um, Tassoni, who yes. we're talking about, is the leading expert on the Protheans. She's a researcher working for the Asari Science, whatever, whatever. And um, she is largely thought of as uh, the expert on Prothean technology in the galaxy. Yes. Um, we'll get more into Liara a little bit later. Uh, after we finish with the story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we eventually find out that the Reapers, uh, these machine entities that the Protheans created, right? Or, or no. was it not? The Protheans did not create the Reapers. Right, they didn't. It was it was uh, uh, the dominant race that came the before them. the other way around. Right. It's, yeah. Uh, it it's, gets a little, yeah. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Right, so we find out that these giant beings called the Reapers were the ones that took them out, and uh, we find out that the Reapers are planning on wiping out all sentient life um, soon, again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, th- that's kind of a spoiler for Mass Effect One, but you know it's been a while, so it's been thirteen years, folks. Yeah. So <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, the rest of the series is essentially a long epic battle of recruiting awesome characters and figuring out a way to defeat the Reapers and bringing different races and cultures together. Uh, be, you know, because everyone has their own bureaucracy, everyone has their own agendas, and it's important to like smack them upside the head and tell them to get their shit together, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but like we said before, the whole point of this game is dialogue options. That's Bioware's thing. And you can choose to be more lawful or more ruthless in your pursuit of the greater good. I think a very good example, I'm thinking about um, the uh, Shadow Broker DLC that we were just talking about. And, you know, uh, like if someone is being taken hostage, right? Like, you know, you have like a person, a mom by the chokehold, and then you have the bad person holding the gun out at you. You have decisions to make regarding like, do you want to like shoot the hostage to render them useless to the to the kidnapper because you could do mm-hmm. that if you wanted to or <laughs> you could try talking the person out of it which is the more quote-unquote paragon route uh, <laughs> gee i wonder which one of those i would take <laughs> uh. <laughs> so uh now we're going to go into uh the subjects of our ship which is the mm-hmm. characters a little bit more so uh first we have Shepard, which like i said you can kind of choose to make whoever you want to be um yeah, the, the Shepherd's look is largely customizable. I mean, yeah. you're still going to be skinny and conventionally attractive. I right, there's no body type. Shepherd. Yeah, no, there's no body type. And you like, you can't, it's very difficult to make an ugly Shepherd. Challenge accepted. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I, by all means. Uh- <laughs> um yeah, but no, I I made my shepherd very pretty and and um I mean, so did I. Yeah, I was I was very happy to like I I think it's very empowering to be able to pick a shepherd that's like, you know, whatever race or or if you want to make them female, I don't I can't say that you that you can make them like any no, gender. No, no, no. The the only um, two gender options are male or female. Yeah. Uh, there but, aren't there aren't other gender options, unfortunately. Right. For me personally, it was very nice to make an Asian shepherd, but that's mm-hmm. besides the point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you can make, choose to make them a paragon or a renegade, um, and you can also choose what class you pick. That doesn't have anything to do with the characterization per se. It can do. It can have something to do with the characterization in your head, absolutely. Sure. Yep. Um, and uh, what's also important about shepherd is that they are the first human in 
the galactic history to be a specter, uh-huh. which is a abbreviation type thing for the term special tactics and reconnaissance. Uh, they're basically a elite black ops type of agent that doesn't have to answer to, you know, normal cops, uh, <laughs> except for, you know, the Citadel Council. And they're expected to just get results without being held back by, you know, bureaucracy and, you know, <laughs> common civilian law or whatever. Oh my God. It's like a cop movie's dream. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> basically. Yeah. 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 Um, do you have anything else to add about Shepard? Uh, do I? Other than Femme Shep is clearly the only shepherd you should pick because male shepherd is just clearly not as good. Maybe that's I, like me. like just no, I don't think so because okay, just from like you know a theater snob background, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like Jennifer Hale at least makes some. I understand being neutral, but like male shepherd sometimes sounds robotic. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean the voice actor for male shepherd is a consummate professional and has lots of work under his belt but like the uh jennifer hale just knocked it out of the park in characterizing shepherd i just really like how yeah jennifer hale i mean there's neutrality and then there's like ambivalence male shepherd is like ambivalent to what's going on but femshep cares cares a lot and it's up to you to sort of like uh in your head figure out what that caring means, but Femshep cares. Yeah, because, like, in the future installments of Mass Effect, it's not seen so much in the first game. I feel mm-hmm. like when they let Shepard be, like, more funny mm-hmm. and show that they have a sense of humor, it feels oddly a little bit more out of character for the male Shepard to make jokes. Yeah. And it feels a lot more natural for oh the my God, it's so female Shepard. Right? Like, the sex scenes with male Shepard are so fucking awkward. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's like just, it's upsettingly I, 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 awkward. I'm, I'm gonna try to recreate it right now, so I'll just say like a line, and I'll just try to say it in both tones. <laughs> okay. So, so male shepherd is is like, I love you, Liara. <laughs> 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 and then, and then, fem femme shep is like, I love you, Liara. Exactly. No, it's exactly like that. Thank you. Uh, we're like. I took one acting class. <laughs> <laughs> Same number of acting classes I've taken. Yeah. Um, uh, the and male scene. Sh- <laughs> and scene. The male shepherd voice almost sounds sarcastic. Like, I love Le- yeah. you, Liara. I love you, Liara. Whereas, right. you know, Jennifer Hale is like, I love you, Liara. I love you. And it's like, Ugh. anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. That's not part of the character. I mean, it is part of the character because it's it the actors. But, you know. Um, so let's go into Liara. Um, so as you said, Katie, uh, she is a, a sorry archeologist researcher who starts off with a huge fascination of the Prothean race. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, be- uh, from rewatching a compilation video of all of the interactions <laughs> that you've had with Liara in all three games, because those exist because, Mass Effect fans be like that sometimes, and we appreciate them. Oh, yes. yeah, No, it, it helped me with my research immensely, because I did not need to play another 100 hours of Mass Effect to record this podcast. Yep. Shout out to wait. the Mass Effect YouTubers. Wait, wait, wait. Let me see if I can find the YouTuber. Who was it? Who was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and now I closed the window, didn't I? I don't know who it was. No. Oh, I can't find the one I watched. Okay. We'll have to, like, tell them later. 
<laughs> I'll, I'll find it. I'll, I'll find it. I'll find right. m- mine. Um, right. Mine was Jaguar 550. Okay. Let me see if I can find mine. Oh, I bet it's in my history. <laughs> the history tab. Mine was Stop Me O. Yes, I am. I watched that one too. Stop me! Oh, because it was it was the fem shep, whereas Jaguar five five zero's video was the male shepherd. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. That, that, but the yeah. the fem shep one was like three hours long, so I had to like skip a lot of it. Yeah, I watched. I I've I've watched all of these at some point in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I have too. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I knew it existed. It's just a great way to save time, so you don't have to play the fucking game anymore. Um, exactly. So thank it's, you, it's Stop long. Me O. Yes, shout out to Stop Me O. We stand. Um, and, uh, I believe I remember from watching those compilation videos that in the beginning, Liara says that in, that because she's younger for Asari, um, she is not as respected in the, be- in the beginning, right. For her work and her, um, research, right. Because most people right. are like, oh, Protheans, like whatever, like, right. She's only matter. 106. I yeah. mean, what does she know? Right. <laughs> um, and, um, she is known, I would characterize her as just very selfless and hardworking. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of get Virgo energy from her in, in a way. Like, she's just very forthright and very honest, which I think is also very charming. And she starts off, like, a little bit more on the aloof and naive side. Yeah, I was going to say, she gives me this little bit of a naive vibe, which is fine. But, I don't know, it's a little difficult to believe for her character at times. I, I agree. Like, I definitely started kind of seeing the more like how attractive Liara was like in two and three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the first one, she's a little, I don't know if they were going for childish or if this is just how the, the acting, this is how the writing and the acting took it. Yeah. It Cause, seemed, cause I, I, yeah, go ahead. It, it seemed like she was a little childish and there's this point where um, it's towards the middle of the relationship with Femshep where she's like, I've never done this before. So she's, never had sex before and she's losing her virginity to Shepard. Right. And thankfully they write it so that Shepard is like, we don't have to do this if you don't want to. Like, I want to like get enthusiastic consent from you. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's not creepy. I mean, I think there's a creepy option, but okay. But I'd never played that. So right. (laughs) Uh, Played through that. Yes. Um, And I also remember that like in my be a byproduct of the fact that I remember also from the compilations that Liara also just hasn't had a lot of interactions with other races for most of her life. Yeah, no, she's, um, I remember a piece of dialogue where she's talking about being in cities and she's like, I don't actually like being around that many people. I prefer a dig site. I prefer being, you know, with just me or just me and a few other people. So right. she's also got this classic introvert yeah. characteristic. About she also her. doesn't get jokes in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so uh, just for a little bit more context uh, about the Asari race itself, they're generally blue skin, you know, that it can vary a little bit. It can be like a little bit more on the green side. It can be a little mm-hmm. bit more on the purple side, which I think is very beautiful. I love um purple <laughs> the more purple side is uh, sorry i think they're very pretty um and they're specifically a non-binary gen- uh gendered sapient homeotherm species which homeotherm just basically means um uh how would i put it it's like 
being able to maintain a stable internal body temperature, regardless of external influence. I had to look up the Wikipedia of that. Um, <laughs> uh, that's not important. Uh, and they have pansexual, panromantic orientation. We love that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and are mm-hmm. naturally inclined towards biotics. And if you don't know what biotics means, um, Katie, do you want to talk about a little bit, a little bit about biotics? They're basically magic. I mean, um, biotics can do things like throw, it's like a mini singularity and attract all of the, attract all of the enemies to it. And then you can shoot them. Um, they, 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 they could like shoot, I don't want to say lightning, but they can use like a force push. It's, it, they're basically magic. They're, it's they're basically like the, the casters. Force. Yeah. yeah. No. They're, they're, they're the spell casters of Mass Effect without being magic magic it's science magic right it's science magic so like it feels a little bit more grounded than like you know writing a pentagram and like you know <laughs> sacrificing feels... a goat but right right no it's it's not staves and i cast fire it's uh i use my internal biotic processes to force push you against this wall and break every bone in your body right um other races there they are able to use biotics but um asari are just known to like Mm-hmm. Everyone's just known to be able to use it if you're an Asari. Like yeah. you, you probably can do it if you're an Asari. It's just natural for them. Yeah, um, and uh, basically, in the upcoming games, because Shepard effectively dies and is brought back to life, you know, it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we we won't go too much into that. But she's she becomes a lot more hardened by battle and just by you know the grit of life. Mm-hmm. Um, she becomes a lot more confident though. And she becomes an information broker on a very Ilos, right? Yes. Ilos. Uh, yes. Uh, on the planet Ilos, which is kind of like a, a, a very like commercial heavy, like capitalist, um, like, uh, Darwinistic type of city, right? Uh, planet. Interesting way to describe it. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, it's like Ayn Rand wrote a planet for Mass Effect. Right. And so um, I think I, I kind of love that change for Liara because it shows like, you know, that she is changing, that she's maturing, that, you know, she's, she's not being static just for the main character. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that like it makes sense for her because she's kind of applying her very strong uh, intelligence and ability to parse information into like, you know, making a living for herself, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, she becomes a very good uh information broker and in the dlc she becomes the most feared information broker in the galaxy indeed and uh, no one had ever seen the shadow broker before so she became the shadow broker yeah so basically in the dlc like it's it's again it's an amazing dlc and it's Um, sort of it's sort of like the most innocent good person took over the most shady job in the world yeah um Katie, do you want to like summarize the Shadow Broker DLC just really quickly? Um, okay, so you go in as a rescue mission. One of Liara's friends had been held captive by the Shadow Broker, and you go in as a rescue mission to uh to save that character, right? Whose name I am spacing on. Th- um, Theron. Th- Was it Theron? I forget. I don't know. Someone. Will- it doesn't matter. Someone will yell it out later. <laughs> Someone will <laughs> yell at us later for it. Anyway, you, you go in as a rescue mission and you basically end up shooting up the Shadow Broker's entire evil lair yep. and killing all of uh, his minions. 
So no one had ever seen the Shadow Broker except these people that are already dead. Uh, and Liara sees that there's this opportunity to take over this compound and take over this job because no one knows who this dude is. And they had always used like a like a voice modulator right. to keep their identity completely secret. Um, so Liara just takes over that role as a way to gather information and sort of control the gray market information in the galaxy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so um, now let's go into why <laughs> these people would ship these two. So uh, I will just <laughs> uh, so I will just say a very quick piece and then I will I will let you go, Katie. So oh, um, oh yeah no, no go ahead. So, so to so to be so to be clear, like in Mass Effect, you have a lot of romance options. Um, you have Gareth, you have Tali. You have um, uh, Caden or Ashley. You have uh, other people, um, side characters that I don't think matter that much, to be honest. But um, so Liara is shown to be... Sorry, go ahead. I, I was going to interrupt you. In the first Mass Effect, there are only three uh, three romance options. It's either right. Ashley for male Shepard, Caden for female Shepard, or Liara, who can be romanced by either male or female Shepard. Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to like interrupt you. Oh, no worries. Um, and Liara has been shown to be a very popular character. Um, like I said, she had her own DLC in Mass Effect 2, which I really think helped flesh her out. Like, mm-hmm. I really wanted to mention, and I'm glad that I remember, that if you do romance Liara and you don't romance anybody else in Mass Effect 2, like you said before... I can't right. remember if it was off or on mic, it, but like it, it, it was off when we were when we were talking before. Right, so like that is a little that is I think a, crit, a critique that we do have about the DLC is that like if you accidentally romance somebody else because you you don't, didn't know that Liara was going to be romanceable from the DLC, mm-hmm. like you can't romance her in the DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it was only from watching the compilations that I was able to kind of see like the really good scenes between. Um, Shepard and Liara, like if Fem Shep is still interested in Liara, yeah, right? Like, yeah. like that that great scene of like, okay, like we have, to, you know, Liara's like, okay, we have to go, and you know, we know where to find the Shadow Broker now, and like we're gonna go now, and then Shepard's like, like just wait a goddamn minute, and like let's talk about us. Yeah, no, like Liara's freaking out, like she's she's panicking, she's like, we have to go, we have to do this, and then Shepard's like, no, honey, stop. Let's talk about us. And then there's like this beautiful romantic moment where um, Liara is like, it's been two years. I've mourned you this whole time and now yep. you're alive. And it's, yeah, it's, it's right. very cute. It's yeah. very cute. Yeah. Like it, it really got me when, when Liara was like, it's not that easy. I know. Uh, and cause uh. she's right. It, it, it isn't that easy. Like I, I wouldn't know how, what to do either. And like, you know, um, but but I also love the maturity, in a way, mm-hmm. of of Liara like taking that breath at the end after having that outburst, being like, "Shepard, I can't do this right now." Yeah, yeah, no, not it's, now. It's it's a lovely scene, yeah. and you only get that scene if you started the game with the DLC, um, had played the first Mass right. Effect and romance Liara, and had not romanced anyone else in mass effect 2 it's like this very specific set of circumstances it takes to get this scene 
Yeah. And it's a lovely scene. Oh, so good. Ugh. So good. <laughs> so that scene aside, Katie, um, why is Liara X Femme Shep your favorite? Well, I mean, for me, um, having played through the whole series, honestly, I started with Mass Effect 3 first. Like, Got that it. was the first game that I played. And even in Mass Effect 3, where you have a pretty robust set of femshep um, queer romance options, you can you can romance Trainer, you can romance Chambers, you can romance the the reporter. Oh, that's right. Um, oh. I think yeah, Trainer is very hot too. Oh no, Trainer is. I would if Trainer had been around the whole series, like there would have been serious competition for my affection. Um, <laughs> and Trainer is very cute, but. Liara's in there and like I still picked Liara the first time because she's very smart she's she's science oriented she's not well she was probably sort of drawn from a a cishet male gaze because if you look at at her character rendering she's like very curvy and also very skinny and like has these giant eyes and She's just incredibly. Uh... Yeah, like I, I think what you're kind of getting at is that like we've we've all kind of like seen this like alien female archetype before in other exactly. space stories, right? Very like, yeah, you know, like I'll just fuck anybody. Um... Right. She basically looks human, except for she has weird tentacle hair. Right. And she looks like a classically attractive human, but blue, right. slightly scaly, and weird tentacle hair. Yeah. Um So she looks like she was drawn. Looks like she was rendered art-wise by, you know, cishet males, drawing for other cishet males. Um, Whereas the way she's written is very different. Her characterization itself is very different. Um, Well, she sort of has this, like... What's the way I want to describe her voice? Almost sort of aloof. I think Mm. you you used that word before. Aloof and sort of... One of my dogs is barking. Hang on. Aloof, but also like very dignified. Right. No, she's absolutely dignified. Um, And she's very serious. Yeah. Chris, can you hear my dog barking in the background? A little bit, but it's fine. It's not that bad. Okay. For for the listeners at home, we're probably getting a package delivery. Oh. (laughs) Um, So she has this, this sort of serious aloofness where she doesn't sound like she's trying to seduce your character and i find that very interesting like she's very career oriented and very science oriented and yeah. i find that very sexy like, absolutely oh give me a woman of science any day and and just having a person that like you're not their entire world and that they have like a life outside you right and they have, exactly. they have, they have I mean, ambitions outside you i mean like i'm not interested in someone who's just there for me and only me like i'm sort of like i'm some sort of savior yeah no i i totally relate to that like i think from a very young age i realized that i was very attracted towards people that like i so (laughs) i i don't i'm i'm i don't know if this is like unique necessarily but like i really like listening to people that are like that are clearly like in their element when they are talking about something that they really like oh absolutely right like someone where it's like you clearly have like studied this and you have like a very deep personal connection and interest with this and like you're you're just kind of like starting to get lost in yourself a little bit just like Mm -hmm. really enjoying yourself telling about 
something that you're interested in um, and that you've done a lot of work on. I mean, um, honestly, for me too, like, yeah, when I get into my element and when I'm just like really confident about what I'm talking about afterwards, like I feel really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like I get, I get very um, turned on by being in my own element and I and I yeah and you know and I definitely feel when other people feel that way too yeah and it's it's refreshing and it's very sexy yeah yeah um do you have anything else that you wanted to say about femme chef x liara oh god what were we talking about <laughs> uh, uh, her voice her, her voice uh yeah no her voice is wonderful and like just this liara is considered very young for her species even though she's like over a hundred years old um because they live what a thousand years or something yeah Mm -hmm. yeah they live they live to be an incredibly they live to an incredibly old age um and there's just there's there's this youth to the character where there is this naivety and um refreshing honesty that you don't find in sort of a more mature uh asari character certainly like when you get to the later games and you're talking to Samara or you're talking to Morinth, um, like they're just, they're different. They're very different sorts of Asari. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Liara has this kindness to her too. Right. Um, so that's another thing that attracts me to as while well playing Femme Shep to, uh, to, to Liara. Yeah. Um, to, to add to that, I would also say that I also felt it was very natural in the way that like Liara like got a little bit more sexy, and I'm saying that like in a very like empowering and like you know mm-hmm. self agency type of way. Because mm-hmm. again, in the DLC, I I really liked it when like I kind of perked up a little bit when uh so you know like in the ending scene where you know they're in Shepard's cabin. And oh, oh, I'm sorry. In Mass Effect 3? In 2. Right? Oh, in, in 2. Oh, in, yeah, yeah, in, the, in 2. Yeah, in the Shadow Broker DLC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of that, right, when mm-hmm. when Liara is like, please come back, right? Like, don't die when oh. you fight the collectors. And then, oh, that killed me. Uh- <laughs> and, then the, yeah. and then they both start getting, like, real, like, sexy with each other, right? Femship's like, I don't know. That's a pretty big ass. Like, I need something special to come back at, to. Come back to. <laughs> um, uh and then like, right and then uh right i think shep is like that's a pretty big ass and then i was like oh is it i, I was like oh shit <laughs> yeah, she, no, she grew it, up mm-hmm. oh she grew up real quick yeah um, <laughs> I, like I, I was like damn liara okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. get it girl liara, okay liara knows what she wants i mean in the first game she was a virgin second right. game not so much right um, also, it is important to note that we're not just talking about sex with Liara because it, no. is, it is canon that sex for an Asari is not just sex. It's not just like um, physical pleasure. Like there is this bonding of the minds and you become fully linked with this person who you are uh, physically engaged with too. Like, there's an emotional component, there's a mental component, there's a physical pleasure component, and it's it's like a full being experience for Asari. Yeah, it's uh, very meaningful, like mm-hmm. it's very sacred. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's also canon that um, 
Asari are thought of as promiscuous, and that's absolutely not true, and Liara explains why, and yeah, anyway. Very yeah, that's, important, very yeah, important when we're talking about this relationship. Right. Like, that's another thing that I really like about this relationship, that it's not just sex and romance. Like, there's this whole bonding thing that happens between these two characters. Right. I think that background adds more agency to Liara as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I really wish that we could talk about the Ardot Yakshi, but we but we don't have time right now. Um, no. it, doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with it, but... I, I think it's fascinating. Um, anyways, so uh, we're going to move on to define the ship right now. So oh, yes. um, uh, I went over all of the categories with Katie off the mic, actually. And mm-hmm. we, we kind of decided that like the overarching one that makes the most sense because you do get to shape your shepherd however you kind of <laughs> want them to be, right? Like yeah, yeah. it could be pure but shady, ex scary but sweet. Um, now, which you know, one did you say Liara was? I said that Liara was pure but shady. Yeah, I guess that's true. If if she's playing, if she's the shadow broker and and then you are kind of a scary shepherd who's very nice. Yeah. No, I yeah. can see that. I can see that. But I can also see being shepherd as pure but shady. Yes, absolutely. And Liara as scary but sweet. I think either of those could fill that role. Right. Depending on both how you're playing shepherd and how the relationship unfolds for you. Right. Um... But, you know, these characters have a lot of development over the course of three games. And so it (laughs) is a lot more difficult to put these characters in a box in a way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Another one that Katie resonated with was Cinnabon X Hothead. Uh Uh-huh. If you're... you're, Yeah. I I, want to explain this because I feel feel like I should explain this. (laughs) Yes, please. So if you are playing Shepard as a renegade, you are a hothead. You're just like, you are out to save the galaxy. Damn the torpedoes full speed ahead, right? And then Liara comes into your life and she's just this sweet little bundle of sweetness. Uh, she's just like smart and focused and just like kind in all of the right ways. I think she could be a Cinnabon. And I think that uh, that Shepard could totally be the hothead. Yeah, that's true. Even as a Shadow Broker, she's still very cinnabon well, I mean, like, she's she's um sort of a neutral good if we want right. to go with an alignment chart i think she's yeah. sort of a neutral good like she is she is good all the way i just love how forthright she is like i'm Absolutely. i'm like i'm i'm brought back to another scene where you have to you have to buy the dlc to get javik but but like when <laughs> she fights with javik right where she's like my name is liara tasoni and i would appreciate it if you used it <laughs> absolutely yeah no no she's she knows who she is, which is excellent. Um, uh, we also have delinquent ex oblivious nerd. It's it's kind of the mm-hmm. same vein as Cinnabon versus Hothead yeah. in this uh, category for the ship, uh, where if you choose a uh, renegade shepherd, then you get delinquent, and then oblivious nerd would be like Liara, kind of maybe in the first game. Yeah, like like half the first game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool. So now that we have that out of the way, let's talk about uh, some fan fiction slash doujinshi. So <clears throat> uh, I just want to say right, out, right off the bat that I tried very hard to find some smut, but in my regular places, but I, I could only find uh, gay smut with Male Shep and Caden. And I was very disappointed. Uh, of course. I it mean, was good, 
Don't sure. get me wrong. It was, it was, it was hot, but like, it wasn't what we were looking for. Like I honest, I would have expected, I expected more. Um, I'm mommy's not mad. Just disappointed. Um, <laughs> uh, and so it kind of made sense, but also like disappointed me that the first smut that I found was like male gazy BDSM smut. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we have three options right now and all of them are like kind of okay. Um, right off the bat, I, I do want to say that I really would like to see more um, like hot and sexy, but also like written by women porn. Right. No, um, I think there is a serious lack of dirty, dirty fan fiction about Liara and Femshep written by queer women. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's shameful. <laughs> really. Yeah, it really is. Um, So we won't get too deep into these, but uh, the first one that I found that I thought was like the only one at first was called Love Bound by Jaden Scott. And um, it's like after the game finishes, they're like, you know, domesticate, domestic as fuck. You know, they're living in like a cute little house. And and that's, that's adorable. Right. But then it's revealed that like, Liara learns apparently from, oh my God, it's so stupid. (laughs) Liara learned from bonding with Shep a lot, right? Like, you know, knowing like what their interests are and knowing what her kinks are, that she's really into slave dom stuff. Which does not follow from the character at all. Right. Which is, which is dumb. Um, Uh So Liara has like one of those like BDSM, like buckles on her neck all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and when they start having sexy time, um, Liara accidentally refers to sh- refers to Shepard by Shepard and not Commander because that's how <sighs> the BDSM relationship works. It's I, it's gross. I don't like I, it. I don't I don't like that. That doesn't even. I mean, maybe uh, I don't I don't like that. It it yeah. sounds very male gazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have another one uh, called Forever After, which is more of a long longer length type of story. Um, I think this one is a little bit more wholesome from what I understand, but um, it's it's a lot longer and more drawn out. And so mm-hmm. um, it's. So I neither of us read it in in in. in uh, oh, God, what is the word I'm looking for here? Neither of us read it all the way through. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it's forever after and it's by Swifty 13 fans. Um, and then. <laughs> See, you know, like how lacking things are when I have to literally oh, just post straight up a porn. porn when I'm hub. looking at the show notes and it's just yeah. Pornhub link. Yeah. When yeah, I have yeah. to no, put I a Pornhub link on my Google Doc, um, <laughs> and in this one, Liara has a has a dick. Yeah, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just unlikely. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't like that. It 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 also feels like well, I mean, you know, like it makes. You know, it's just easier and more accessible if, like, one of these lovers has a dick mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to actually having real lesbian, you know, like, actual lesbian sex. I mean, the amount of lesbian porn where it's where it's strap-on and one of the women is yeah. giving a strap-on a blowjob? Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, so this isn't for me. Okay. That's, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, I mean, it does feel like that. It feels like, oh, this isn't actually for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, it's I, well rendered. It's animated as opposed to those like rendered but still shot right. porn videos. Mm-hmm. But like it's it's also 
very male gazy for being a lesbian relationship or for being a, a relationship between ostensibly queer women. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, like, it's yeah. funny. It's funny that I instinctually had to look for Liara X Femship on the straight category of Pornhub and not the gay one. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's no story okay. to this. Okay. That's all we have to say about that. No, it's, yeah. It's, um, it's literally just, just porn. Yeah, it's it's sex and there's not even a lead up to it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we have um, archive of our own, which uh, Katie recommended to me because um, it's 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 more you tend to find more sort of queer stories on archive of our own as opposed to like fanfiction.net. Yeah, and in this one, um, it's it's a very sweet story. It's a very long, lengthy chapter based story, also. So we couldn't mm-hmm. get through all of it, but. Um, apparently Liara's pregnant in this one, which is very mm-hmm. cute and, you know, it is like, for that. like the parts I read were very cute. So if it gets horrible at the end, I apologize, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this if... is on, on a cursory search of archive, archive of our own. This is one of the little yeah. stories we found between these two characters. Right. And I think that's a good way of putting it. Like on a cursory search, it's, a, it's very hard to find good lesbian porn between, um, Liara and Femshep, unfortunately. So, unfortunately. I if mean, you find any, please let us know. Oh, but, yeah, um, no, I would love some recommendations for, for smutty fanfiction stories about Femshep and Liara. Yeah. Um, me, me too, to be honest. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything with it, but I would at least enjoy it and, like, at, try to promote it, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, right, exactly. I mean, like, like, it's I, not for you. Yeah. It's for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um... Yeah, like, cause I, I just feel like it, it, it sucks that I mean, like, it, it's a, it, it's understandable in the way that like it's because you know it's a, it's a grand space adventure game, and also like it's, mm-hmm. um, it's a very popular mainstream type of game. So of course, like, we're gonna find very male gazy stuff, but like, still, like, I would have thought that I would have found more, to be honest. Right. No, me too. I mean, like the, the on the cursory search, there wasn't much either. Like a lot of what I saw initially was male female romance romance instead of um female female romance which is yeah. just it's just how they categorize these things <sighs> um yeah let's move on to rate this ship so uh katie what's your canonical rating so canonical rating of the ship um should i compare it to the other romance options available or should sure. i sure okay so if you want it's it's literally whatever you feel like is canon-ish whatever I, that means i would give it a 9.5 i don't think it's perfect but i think it's very close what what would it need to get a 10 i think for a 10 i would like to see more lead up mm, to, okay. to to the climax of their relationships in all of these games because i think two actually does it the best where there's this like lead up in in romance but in one it feels very sudden in three it feels very sudden it feels like yes these characters have this relationship but it's not explicitly sexual or it isn't heading that way the 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 romance and the sex feels sort of sudden i don't know i I don't know if that's just me two does it very well though um it feels like it's going toward it's going towards something from the beginning when you run into liara for the first time I, I think I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, canonically, I would give this with, hmm, 
with Femme Shep specifically, I would give it the same rating, I think. I would yeah. actually give it, a, I would give it a, like a 99.5 because like, Liara is one of the few people that you get to have and you get to like really cultivate a relationship for the entirety of the series, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have Garrus and like in the first game, like I, I don't, I mean, like, you don't even romance Garrus really no, in the first game, right? No, you can't romance Garrus in the first game, which right. is unfortunate because I also like the Garrus romance. Like, it's very yeah. sweet. So, like, yeah, you don't romance Garrus. And I honestly <laughs> I honestly think <laughs> Ashley and Caden are boring as hell. Oh, yeah. No, I hate Ashley. She is the worst character. Oh, she's racist. Oh, my she's... God. No, she's fucking awful. Yeah. And she's, like, whiny and racist and yeah. gross. And, yeah. like... When I was reading through the... Great voice the, actor, though. I oh, like the yeah, voice no, no. actor. The voice actor was fine. But when I was reading through the description of the first game, and I was just like, oh, I'm clearly going to save Ashley when this when this decision comes up because I want a mostly female crew as much as I can get. And yeah. then the decision came and it's like, fuck you, Ashley. I'm saving Caden. You're the yeah. worst. Caden is also, like, boring. So boring. Oh, yeah, no. Caden is milk toast, but it's better than Ashley. <laughs> I yeah. mean... Uh, oh yeah, uh, I I agree. Uh, yeah, like like I was like to be honest, when Mass Effect three came out, and I was and they were like, you could roommates, Kane. I was like, no, I'm 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 cool, I'm cool. Yeah, I, no, he's I, he's very boring. Yeah, like in the Citadel, like it's it's like your scene with him is like he's make he he makes like steak for you, and it's like never established that he can even cook. Like it has nothing, and it, and. Like he the most makes interesting steak for you? where does he make steak for you in in your fancy apartment in the Citadel DLC? Oh right, it's dumb. It, okay. It's boring. All like right. the most exciting about Caden is the fact that he's from Canada. <laughs> That's the most exciting thing about him. <laughs> the most ex- okay, he's from Canada. That's exciting, folks. <laughs> That's exciting, eh? <laughs> Uh, um, what were we okay. talking about before we decided that Ashley was the worst? Um, our ratings. Oh, so, right. <laughs> so, so uh, now let's get into our personal ratings. So, Katie, what is your personal rating? Um, I would say more like an eight. Really? Lower yeah. than canonical? Lower than canonical. I think canonically it's very good. But, like, if I'm thinking about... Um, both my own personal tastes in, in my own personal taste there's like very few people in this game that are that are even worth my time uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm picky I don't know what to say no um, that's great but like also when I think about ships in other franchises it's it's a good ship it's a solid ship and I love it to death but there are better ones really like which ones uh how how nerdy do I want to be right now? Like Be nerdy. This is oh. this is I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh like Garrick and Julian Bashir from uh, Deep okay. Space Nine. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Like that's a ten of ten ship for me. Um Got it. Got it. Who else? Who else? Who else? Uh <laughs> put me on the spot here. Um but but would you give this a ten like amongst like all of the romance options across the across the options of Mass Effect? For Mass Effect itself, yeah, no, it's probably the best one. Okay. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. Um, yeah. I would not be with any other character in any of these games. Garrus is very Garrus is a very interesting romance, 
in my first playthrough of Mass Effect 2, I did romance Garrus because he's sweet and like um sort of damaged and you feel like you want to fix him <laughs> because uh, whatever um <laughs> i know exactly what you're talking about yeah, you, you know what i'm talking about um i mean he, i'm i like yeah just <laughs> he's don't... just damaged enough to where you want to fix yeah. him don't he's don't not... actually don't actually do this in real life like, don't don't no. try to don't get with someone who's damaged also, was, he's, like, not toxic. He's not a toxic male. He doesn't have that toxic masculinity yeah. about him, which I really do appreciate in the writing. Yeah. Um, whereas Caden does to a, just a little bit. A lot of the other human male characters do. Um, but Garrus doesn't. Right. And it's and it's and it's lovely. Um, so Garrus is, like, my second favorite romance in all of mm-hmm. Mass Effect. Um, I don't understand the people who are into Tali. I don't know Really? Why. No, I don't like Tali. Oh. I also, like, I also sided with the Geth in that decision. <laughs> because, well, I mean, did you, you, you played through this, right? Of course I did. Um, I, I, it's, I, it's I, re- I did the thing that saves everyone. I couldn't get there. Okay. <laughs> apparently I wasn't good enough. But I sided with the Geth because, like, you go Wait, through so, the so, so you like, made, so you made Tali kill herself? Oh, yeah. No, oh, I my did. God. <laughs> I mean, it was sad. I didn't want her to kill herself, but... But like the um shit, what's her species name? Quarian. Uh yeah, the 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 Quarians had essentially subjugated Right, yeah. No, subjugated that's true. and abused this race of intelligent sentient beings for centuries. And when the when when the Geth finally showed some resistance, um they and and kicked them off the planet, then the Quarians like ugh, uh, it's just it's stupid. And the fact that people side with the Quarians at all in this game disgusts me. Because, yes, Tali's a great character, whatever. But I'm going to side with the Geth. Obviously. Fucking obviously. Okay. I, I see that point. Ah, you totalitarian. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me. No, don't worry. No, no, no. I, 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 I agree. I think it's it's a great point. Um, I think I'm just way too used to, to, you know, like, as the Paragon being like, well, there has to be a way to save everyone. Well, yeah, no. And, and like, I should have been able to get there based on how Paragon I play, but I didn't for some reason. I don't know what oh. happened there, but whatever. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for my personal rating, this is tough. I feel like I would give it, like, I would give it, like, a 7.5 maybe, just because mm-hmm. personally, like, you know, I'm not interested in um, Asari. <laughs> Yeah, in in anyone who's female presenting, you know. Yes, um, and 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 I understand this fully. I support yes. your. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Your your attractions. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your validation. I really needed it. Um, <laughs> Who you are attracted to is valid. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, I I went with with Garrus my first time. Like, I don't. I I'm pretty sure. Like, I went through the mm. game. Oh wait, no. I romance Caden because like he was the only <laughs> he was the only person available. Yeah, for, you played Femship, right? Right. I I I love playing female characters. Like even right. if there is a gay option, like I usually love playing female characters, anyways. Because and I mean Jennifer Hale in this game is so good. <sighs> yeah. Oh, like so good. Okay. Yeah, because because like I still feel like if even if I if I play male ship, like he doesn't represent me well. Like he's no, he, he's, he's like very a soldier. Bro-y. Yeah, he's a broy soldier boy. Yeah, he's not he's not interesting. Yeah. Um, like if I could have changed Shepard to be a little bit more like, you know, wafy, like I am maybe, <laughs> I mean, um, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so 
yeah, uh, I romanced Caden, and then I went with Garrus the rest of the time for Mass Effect 2, obviously. And, like, I, I, I really like that arc. I really like the fact that, oh, you know, like, I had this one little fling with one crew member, and then, like, but I actually found true love with this other member, but it was initially, right. you know, like, a friends with benefits situation, and then it turned into a romance situation. Right. Um, I liked that, that complexity and where it's like, oh, you know, it's not like you find your true love in the beginning of the game, and then, like, you stick with them forever. It's like, oh, no, you kind of have to, like, there's, there's, in my headcanon of my chef there's like growth in like you know having sure, a breakup you, and moving on to another person right you know you have your relationship you learn a lot more about yourself and then you discover that maybe this person that you were with before <laughs> is, is not right right no it's not right for you i <laughs> would working... go as far as asshat <laughs> i uh, i would because because they were they were really mean to me in, Ma- in mass effect 2 you know ashley or caden are really mean to you right because they're like you're working with cerberus i can't i don't know if i can trust you anymore are you even the real shepherd i'm like dude i am just get off your high horse <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Ugh. um okay so now we're gonna go into the fan fiction uh which i'm really excited to read to you um, i'm excited I work- to hear it uh yeah Chris offered me the fan fiction to read beforehand. And I'm like, no, I want to be surprised. Yeah. Oh, I mean the fan fiction that I sent you was just examples from Emma's oh, past wait, stuff. That I was, think. Oh, that was just an, okay. Okay. No, I'm ready so to be maybe surprised. You'll, maybe you will be surprised. I'm ready to be surprised. By, <laughs> Is by this possibly reading. the first women on women, good women on women, <laughs> sexy story from a man. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, that, that remains to be seen, but we'll find out. Yeah. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> Um, I also want to say that this is actually, this is actually the first girl on girl, um, smut ish type stuff that I've written. So really? please be kind. Oh, I'm, I'm proud of you, Ben. Thank you. I'm excited. Okay. I'm a good queer. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm trying to get into character right now. Excuse me, miss your drinks. A dignified Asari server says that she meticulously leans over to extend her silver tray right in between two beach chairs. Uh, Thanks. Shepard says. The sound of crashing waves in the distance, combined with the amazing view, could make anyone forget their troubles. Is there anything else you require, miss? Perhaps a snack to accompany your beverages, the server asks. Um, uh, no, I, I think we're, we're good for now, Shepard says, clearly out of her element. She hands over one of the two glasses to her partner as the server bows and stands off to the entrance of the staircase that leads up to their rooftop. Liara tries to hold in a giggle. <laughs> this trip is everything I hoped. You've gotten mean, Shepard Wines. Do I want to know how you managed to book a Thessium Premium Lovers Private Resort Experience Package? I keep saying, Shepard, there are several perks we can now enjoy since you are married to the Shadow Broker. Liara takes a prideful sip of her Hawaiian blue and with a glint in her eye. I hear the seven-course meals are reserved for only the most privileged Asari. Can't wait. Shepard reaches over and runs the back of her hand over Liara's neck. Well, there is something that could make this trip even better. Great minds, Liara says, as she takes Shepard's hands and gets up to straddle Shepard without missing a beat. Could you leave us alone for a while, she says to the server. The attendant bows once again with a little more franticness and shuts the door behind her to the rooftop. Shepard's hand finds its way to the insides of her white swimming top. Liara can feel the setting sun kissing her back as she feels Shepard's tongue tangoing with hers. She releases for a moment and lets her tongue make a pilgrimage from her neck to her breasts, to her belly button. She looks up before she goes any further. Shepard tries to hide her anticipation for what she knows is coming next. I- I- isn't dinner scheduled in a bit? 
Lyra smiles again as her fingers hook into the sides of Shepard's bikini bottoms. Make me late. Oh my god. <laughs> I had to mute myself because I was giggling so much. <laughs> oh my god. That, that was great. Oh. Thank you. I'm, was, so, I'm so happy. I no, feel so, that was hot. Okay. Thank like, you. I, I would, feel so yeah. happy. I feel mm-hmm. so happy. Like I, I really wanted you to like it. Mm, make me late. Okay. Yeah, no, I like that. That's yeah, that's I, I I do I do wanna like give a shout out to um the make me late line because I didn't come up with that myself. I came up with that from uh from Nicole Perkins, who is uh one of the co-hosts of Thirst Aid Kit, the podcast, which <laughs> is an inspiration for this podcast. Great. She's a very good fan fiction writer. She knows how to write really hot scenes. And <laughs> no, that was that was very good. That was good. Yeah. Thank you, Nicole Perkins. Oh, <laughs> a little <laughs> Little, Do you need a fan? I, 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 a southern I, I late, a like a southern bell. Uh, yeah. Oh my! <laughs> oh my! I'm a little, I'm a little, oh, a little hot under the collar. Oh, that was good. No, that was very good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. That like, there, it genuinely really does mean a lot to me that you liked it. Um, oh, it was good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> um, awesome. So uh, that wraps it up for our episode. Katie, thank you so much for um, kicking it with me and talking about Mass Effect. Of course, I love Mass Effect, and I love talking to you, Chris. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything that you want to plug? Mm, I wish I had something to plug other than keep your eyes peeled for no, for more news from GamerX once the uh, once the plague is over. <laughs> yeah, once the plague is over. Uh, and during the plague, why don't you sign up for um, GamerX's newsletter? Yep, you can sign up for our mailing list on our website. That's GamerX.org, G-A-Y-M-E-R-X.org. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much for kicking it, everybody. I hope that I did okay without Emma. Um, I really miss her too, and I am excited to have her back um, for the next episode. Um, again, if you have any uh, recommendations or fan fiction you would like to send to us, please send it to our email. That's nsfweebspod uh, at gmail. Please follow us on Twitter, also nsfweebspod. Um and uh, also follow me and Emma on our own social media if you can. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>